Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. Things, of course, busy up there on the second floor, especially uh, when everything's in session. And I guess maybe to start off with, just in general, I'm curious what your thoughts on the session have been. I mean, it's past the midway point. We're going to start seeing more and more legislation now start to come out. Uh, To your mind, how how have things been going? You know, I've been encouraged. I've been working with the legislators, and uh, our comeback plan is taking shape. Uh, We're going to get our economy going. Uh, We're going to get, you know, let people keep more of the fruits of their labor. We've been investing in higher teacher pay and trades education. So I'm encouraged. We've still got a few, there's still a few rocks in the rock pile we got to work through, uh, but it's going well. I've also been getting out to the agencies and just walking around, visiting with folks in cubes. And, you know, I, I hear consistently that in many of these state agencies, they've, they've never had a governor show up before. So I, I've been enjoying that. We have great state workers. Uh, we just need to give them a little more guidance and direction so they can uh, know where the end zone is. Yeah, well, and of course, everything made more difficult by COVID. That's still front and center, as it has been for a year now. Uh, I I guess start with the good news, more and more people getting vaccinated. We are making real progress. I mean, I was thrilled here just a couple of weeks ago. Montana was highlighted as the best state in the country based on CDC data for getting shots in arms. So uh, just a shout out to all our healthcare workers, our public health officers. Uh, they've been getting it done. And uh, the light at the end of the tunnel uh, is getting brighter. Just last week, we were able to expand, actually this week, earlier this week, we were able to expand uh, vaccine availability to people 60 years of age and greater uh, and people with additional underlying health conditions. Our supplies increase each week. We could use more, uh, but we're putting everything we get to good use. Yeah, and it does sound like an increase in vaccines uh, coming again next week. We're also now part of that program. The Biden administration is pushing to get teachers vaccinated. Uh, can we expect to see the numbers of these vaccines continue to increase? I, I know some of that just based on production by these companies. Yeah, Pfizer, Moderna, and now Johnson & Johnson are ramping up their manufacturing. We'll receive just shy of 30,000 first doses this week Uh, and that that rate's been ticking up each week as the manufacturing ramps up i believe by the end of april anybody that wants a vaccine is going to be able to get it uh at least have gotten it or be scheduled to get it so i'm i'm encouraged and this is the light at the end of the tunnel as we get folks vaccinated uh we've been seeing hospitalizations come down we've had records in the last two days less than 60 people in the hospital statewide New infections are dropping. We're getting back to normal. Yeah, well, and we were reporting this morning, we are on pace to dip below 1,000 active cases across the state, which is fantastic. Yeah, and I'm, I'm most, and remember, we put these restrictions in place to not overload our medical system. And at this point, we have about 50, just over 50 people in the hospital statewide with mm-hmm. COVID. Uh, so this has been a dark period. Uh, but we're coming out of it. Yeah, well, and you, of course, continue to talk with multiple medical professionals uh, across the state and likely, I, I assume, across the country. You've repeatedly said, I know, that this is not only an effective thing when we talk about the vaccine, but it, it's safe as well. It is, and I I, I look forward. Uh, I I turn 60 uh, in just a month or so. Uh, I don't but believe I think, it. Uh, Well, yeah. <laughs> 
the clock keeps ticking. Everybody around me is looking younger and younger. So, but I, that's just the way it goes. But I'm looking forward to getting my vaccine. Uh, and when my name comes up, I'm going to be there. These vaccines are safe and effective. And I encourage folks, there was some hesitancy at the beginning, uh, but I got a report yesterday from CVS uh, with all the long-term care facilities, uh, almost 90% of our uh, the nursing home residents and long-term care facilities have been vaccinated. Uh, we're finishing up the third clinic at all of these centers all over the state. So we focused on protecting the most vulnerable, uh, frontline healthcare workers, the, these long-term care facility uh, residents and staff. Now we're going to people, uh, our seniors, uh, because 90% of the deaths we've seen uh, in the state have been people 60 years of age and greater or people with underlying health care conditions. We've really prioritized saving lives. I think that was the right decision. Uh, I was pleased to see the CDC copy us. Uh, Montana led the way. Uh, the CDC saw the, the common sense uh, in what we had done, and they adopted it as a national standard. We're chatting this morning with Governor Greg Gianforte. And uh, in terms of the, the, the state's economic recovery, are we on track there? I mean, this is something, of course, that isn't going to be accomplished and necessarily seen in a month or two months. But it seems like the signs are, are positive right now. It is. There are still some industries uh, that are very hurting. Particularly, there's uncertainty around tourism this summer, hospitality. Not everybody's going out to dinner as much as they used to. Uh, but construction, real estate, off the charts. So it just depends which sector you're in. Uh, and I, I, I'm not, I don't think government should be picking the winners and losers. Uh, what we need to do is be prudent to keep people safe, but we got to get our economy going again. That's why day one, we changed vaccines. I got rid of uh, hours of operations and capacity limits. We've lifted the statewide mask mandate. Uh, we've gotten liability and lawsuit protection for small businesses. All these things are going to contribute to getting our economy going. Yeah. Well, and, and one thing that's been important to you, aside from from COVID, the pay for starting teachers in our state. I I can tell you, as the husband of a, a teacher, those numbers are real. I, I think our first year of teaching full-time, uh, right about $16,000 for a year. I mean, it, it's yeah. no wonder that it's tough to keep our teachers here in Montana. Yeah, you can't live on that. And my, my mother was a public school teacher. My daughter just started teaching. And uh, Montana, when I took office, was 50 out of 50 states in starting teacher pay. Wyoming starts their teachers 45% higher than Montana does. And this is just not right. That's why one of the first bills I signed, I got to read Green Eggs and Ham to uh, <laughs> the fifth graders up in Great Falls at the Sacagawea Elementary School. And right after I did that, I signed the TEACH Act into law, which will provide incentives for local school boards to increase starting teacher pay so we can have the best and the brightest. And they can they don't have to worry about putting a roof over their head. They can focus on teaching the kids. So in practice, how, how does that work? I mean, what are the without getting too deep in those, those weeds, I mean, what are the incentives? What are we trying to do to help these districts bump up that pay? Well, first, we started with the understanding that the local school board sets these teacher pay. So we don't want to mandate out of Helena that they have to raise it. Mm -hmm. So what we did was we created an incentive program. There was about $2.5 million that's available to local school boards if their starting teacher pay is at least 70% of their median teacher pay. And what that will tend to do is collapse the 
salary band. And the only way to do that is to raise the starting teacher pay because you're not going to decrease anybody's pay. So uh, they have to come up with a little money locally, uh, but the state's providing an incentive to increase starting teacher pay. Now, the local school board's going to make the decision as to whether they want to take these incentives, but if they collapse, if they, if they condense the salary bands, then starting teacher pay has to go up. What's the feedback been so far? I mean, are you hearing good things from, uh, from the education sector? I have. I've, I met with the uh, superintendent over in Yellowstone County. We had a roundtable with teachers, uh, parents, and superintendents. Very positive. And this is particularly needy uh, in our rural communities. I was up uh, in the middle part of the state, won't reveal the town, but I had a teacher come up to me last fall, and, and uh, he was in tears. This is a young man, early 30s. He told me, that he hadn't had three meals a day for over a year because of the salary he had at that public school. And I just, that really hit me hard, and I knew we had to do something to get Montana out of 50th place in the country in starting teacher pay. Yeah, it's it's a great thing, and I'm excited that that's moving forward. We've got Governor Greg Gianforte with us this morning. We've got a handful of minutes left with him. And I, you attended the graduation ceremony of a couple of individuals in treatment court the other day, and I just wanted to mention that just to give you a chance to talk about something that I think has proven extremely effective, and I know it's something that you want to see expanded. Yeah, these these treatment courts help people overcome addiction and lead a fulfilling and self-sufficient life. I was at the graduation this week here in Helena uh, for Jasmine and Taylor. And I just, they did something really hard. These are young moms who had had suffered from addiction uh, and through hard work, they busted their tails over 18 months and in Jasmine's case, a little over two years to get back on their feet. I've been a big supporter of treatment courts because I think for nonviolent, folks that are addicted to uh, some substance, we should be working on recovery uh, rather than incarceration for two reasons. One, it's morally the right thing to do to help people reach all that they were meant to be. But also, these treatment courts cost way less than incarceration. Mm -hmm. In fact, they cost about 10% of what a jail cell does. So we could take two nonviolent people that are addicted to substances out of jail, out of prison, and put 20 people into treatment court. Unfortunately, many of our counties don't have treatment courts. That's why in our budget we included funding for five more treatment courts. Uh, even little Libby, uh, Judge Cuff up there, started a, a, a treatment court in Libby. If we could do one in Libby, we could do one in every county in the state. Governor Greg Gianforte with us this morning. Just a couple minutes left with him. And I, you visited Phillips and Valley counties here recently. You were looking at the impact of the, the shutdown of the Keystone Pipeline. Can you share what you saw there? Because I think we all know just kind of intellectually, we understand the impact and the importance. But you've been there. You've seen it. Can, can you share with, with us what you saw there? Yeah, this decision by the Biden administration is devastating for eastern Montana this Keystone XL was a lifeline for them. Talking to the commissioners there in Phillips County, they said their total county revenue would have gone up 50% if the Keystone XL went in. That was money for teachers, schools, infrastructure, uh, law enforcement. I met with a, uh, we had a round table in Glasgow, and uh, the owner of the Cottonwood Inn there had invested over a million dollars in his hotel in anticipation of this coming in. The superintendent at Glasgow schools said he's not sure he's going to be able to hire teachers in the fall. 
because this project was canceled. And just to be clear, Keystone XL, broad bipartisan support. Mm -hmm. uh, the decision by President Biden, purely political, pandering to uh, economic uh, radical interests on either coast. Uh, I've just called on him to reinstate it. Uh, this, this would have brought a lot of prosperity to eastern Montana, and it's disappointing to see 30 miles of pipe sitting there going to no use. Uh, big flat electric. Uh, they were putting in 60 miles of transmission line. Just the one pumping station would have increased their electric load by four times, and it would have allowed them to rebuild the entire electric grid across three counties if the Keystone XL had gone ahead. So it's just a bad decision. It was made for political reasons. It had bipartisan support. It should move ahead. Yeah, it's something. It is, it is bipartisan in, here in Montana and at the national level. Our entire congressional delegation behind this thing, uh, the legislature sending letters off. Everyone knows how important this is. Uh, any chance of movement on this, do you think? Uh, we've sent letters. We've called. Uh, we've had no response from the Biden administration, and I continue to call on them to reverse this uh, wrongheaded decision. Governor Greg Gianforte with us this morning on KCAP. Governor, I know you got to get going. You've got a busy day in front of you, but I, I sure appreciate you spending some time with us today. It's my pleasure. You know, our door is always open, and I just it's an honor to be able to serve Montana as 25th governor, and uh, let us know how we can help. We'll do that. We'll have you back around as soon as we can. Okay, thank you. Have a great day. Stick around. Coffee break coming up after this. I just wanted to step away from the show for a few seconds to tell you that if you miss an episode, you can always catch up. We're on iTunes, so find our show there or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Local and area events, city, state, and national officials, your neighbors doing incredible things. We talk to them all on Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. Welcome back. This is Coffee Break, and I'm Troy Shockley. Thanks for hanging out with us this morning. Coffee Break brought to you by Versant Real Estate Group. If you have a property that fits the needs of their buyers, you can call David at Versant 459-8565. And a little bit of an extended coffee break this morning because uh, if you, you tuned in a little bit earlier, we did get the chance to chat with Governor Greg Gianforte. That's sort of a late developing thing. So we managed to sneak him in and always uh, always good to chat with him. If you missed that, you can go back and listen online at uh, kcap.com. There's a link to the Coffee Break podcast. We'll have that up here a little bit later today. But we're continuing uh, with the regularly scheduled program. We've got Mountain Pacific Quality Health Chief Medical Officer joining us today, Dr. Doug Kuntzweiler. Uh, how are you? It's been, a, it's been a while since we had you in living color in the studio, so I'm, yeah. I'm glad to have you back. Well, it's good to be anywhere, but it's particularly good to be here, and I'm happy to be here. Now, I do want to ask before uh, I run out of time and or forget, I, I saw you, you've got basically a music video out there now at this point, don't you? Oh, I do? Yeah. <laughs> Are you the, sure that's me? I, I thought it was you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I made I made up a little a little uh, tune uh, doing my part to try and convince people to get the vaccine for yeah. COVID. So sitting there, uh, he 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 can play the guitar as well, folks, and he can say, <laughs> I mean, he he is multi talented. Uh, can you explain to if folks just as we get started uh, what Mountain Pacific Quality Health is all about and what it is that you do there? Yeah, Mountain Pacific is a nonprofit agency that. Uh, tries to do whatever it can to improve the quality of health care in four states that we're responsible for, Montana, Wyoming, Alaska, Hawaii, and then also Guam and American Samoa. 
So we have a variety of programs uh, that that we run, and and basically we we try and help uh, uh, practitioners, hospitals, nursing homes, uh, anybody that's working in the healthcare field. We we try to help them do a better job and and do what we can to assist them. Yeah, and we've uh, we've talked so much with you over the last. Uh, I, I realized just yesterday, sort of, we're officially on really one year since this started yeah. here in Montana, because yeah. it was, yeah. I think the 13th was uh, when our first case, or 11th maybe, I think it was the 11th maybe, yeah. that our first case hit Montana of COVID. And yeah. we talk with you about that all the time, but we kind of wanted to chat something different this morning. Well, it's National Kidney Month, so yeah. we thought uh, we'd give people a break from COVID and we'd talk about kidneys. Yeah, I like it. I, I, I got some information sent over to me uh, yesterday, and it, it, kind of a staggering number. 37 million adults in the country have kidney disease. That, yeah, that's a it's huge almost number. 15, 15% of the American population has it to some degree. Is that an increase over you know, historical numbers or is it always, I mean, that, that's just a, it seems like a really big number. No, it has been steadily increasing and that's probably related to increase in, in, uh, overweight and high blood pressure and diabetes. Those are the big risk factors for it. And those have been increasing over the last few decades. Wow. And so the kidneys suffer from it. Yeah. Well, I guess give us uh start us off, uh, take us back to, to high school. Give us that <laughs> biology lesson. I mean, when we're talking kidneys, what are these things doing for us? Well, the kidneys uh, have a number of functions. The main function is they filter our blood and they remove waste products from our blood. But they also regulate, to a great extent, our blood pressure. They uh, regulate how many red blood cells our, our body makes, so they prevent us from becoming anemic. And they regulate calcium and phosphorus in our blood. And those are, are key elements that make up our bones. And so they're very involved in, in bone health. Yeah. I, I mean, I was familiar with the, the basically the filtration system. I mean, right. I, I think people understand that. But right. controlling the blood pressure, that, that's something that I didn't honestly know about. Yeah. They, the kidneys make a couple of different uh, molecules that affect blood vessels and how much tension is in the blood vessels, how much they constrict, how much they relax. And that, that's tied uh, closely into what our blood pressure is. Yeah. Because I think we think blood pressure, we think the heart, right? Like Right. One, so one the heart or two is, there. is pumping it out, but it's really the tension in the blood vessels that, that determines how high the pressure is in the whole system. Yeah. And, that, and the kidneys are very involved in regulating that. Yeah, super interesting. Everything in here, obviously interconnected in very there, and the kidney is so. a key very part of that so. system. If you damage one part of the system, it, it damages another part. Yeah. Dr. Doug Kunzweiler from Mountain Pacific Quality Health is with us on Coffee Break this morning. And uh, you mentioned uh, diabetes, high blood pressure. Um, those are sort of, I, I guess, one and two on, on the list of kidney disease. Yeah. High blood pressure is far and away the, the highest. About 85% of people who have chronic kidney disease have it because they had unregulated high blood pressure. And then the next biggest, of course, is diabetes. And then there's a whole series of other autoimmune diseases and, and sort of rare things that damage the kidneys. But high blood pressure and diabetes are far and away the most common causes. Okay. Well, and when we talk about, uh, you know, that, that filtration and, and how the, the kidneys are involved with filtering waste out of mm -hmm. uh, our system, um, one thing that, that kicks them into action is eating protein, something in Montana you know, we we, we like our, our our steak, right? And right. that right. has something to do with kidneys. Yeah, it does. Um, so, 
you know, protein's a big part of our diet. And when you digest protein, when our body processes it, there are some waste products produced from that that contain a lot of nitrogen. And the kidneys are the organ that's responsible for getting rid of that. If, if you don't get rid of it, then toxic levels of that builds up in the bloodstream. So the kidneys filter that out. They retain the larger proteins, which are useful to do various things in our body. When the kidneys are damaged, and, and the kidneys consist of really fine little tiny blood vessels that have openings in them, and they let the toxic uh, molecules pass through, but they retain our, our blood cells, our red blood cells, our white blood cells, and they retain these larger proteins. But when they're damaged, those openings in those fine little blood vessels enlarge and they start leaking protein that they shouldn't. They let protein get into the urine. And that's one of the chief ways that we discover that people have uh, kidney diseases <laughs> by checking their urine and finding higher than the normal levels of protein in it. Yeah. Well, and diabetes can also kind of play havoc with that just because of, I guess they force the kidneys to do too much work. Right. Right. As the sugar levels in the bloodstream, as they build up, then the kidneys have to work harder and harder to try and process that, and the flow through the kidneys uh, increases, and that damages these these sort of fragile, tiny little blood vessels. So at some point, just extra stuff starts making it through. Right, right. Yeah. It's super interesting. Uh, March is uh, National Kidney Month, and that's why we're talking kidneys on Coffee Break with Dr. Doug Kinsweiler. He's from Mountain Pacific Quality Health. And uh, all of this stuff, again, then can raise your blood pressure. I mean, it can circle around, right? and it raises your blood pressure right. more, a vicious and it feeds circle. itself. It becomes a vicious circle. As, as the high blood pressure damages the kidney, the kidney is less able to regulate it, and, and so it goes even higher. It becomes a vicious circle. So we know diabetes, we know uh, high blood pressure, we can check those two off our list. What what are other risk factors when we talk about kidney disease? Well, some of the autoimmune diseases, uh, particularly lupus, can involve the kidneys. And uh, then there are some kind of rare uh, inflammatory uh, conditions. Sometimes if you have a bacterial infection with, with a strep organism, uh, that can cause your body to develop antibodies to some of your kidney tissue. It's a kind of an odd process. That's called glomerulonephritis. Uh, it's not a very common cause anymore, but it used to be in the past. Uh, and so those are some of the chief ones. That we okay. See. Well, and you, of course, uh, and, and doctors at the hospital can determine this by, you know, you're doing the urinalysis, you're looking at the, the how much protein is spilling, that sort of right. thing. But just you or I at the house. I mean, how, how, how do people know that they got some issues with their kidneys. Well, that's one of the things that makes it pretty dangerous because uh, initially it probably won't have any symptoms at all. But as as your kidney disease progresses, some of the things uh, that are commonly noticed are loss of appetite, uh, nausea and vomiting, and then fluid retention, swelling, especially swelling in the, in the legs and mm -hmm. sometimes puffiness in the face. These are, these are common things, but it can be pretty subtle. Uh, and, you know, if you have a, a history in the family of high blood pressure or diabetes or kidney disease, then it behooves you to go see your provider and, and have them check things out and, and see whether or not this is creeping up on you. Yeah, because it, it, that fluid retention is not just a 
you know, a casual thing, I mean, potentially, I mean, if it, it's starting to build up like in your chest or somewhere like that, it can then cause damage right. to right. all sorts of other, you know, your heart or anything else. It affects your breathing. It makes your heart have to work harder and uh, can lead to heart disease and heart attacks and stroke. And so it's, uh, can be quite, quite severe. Yeah. We're talking this morning with, uh, Dr. Doug Kunzweiler from Mountain Pacific Quality Health about, uh, kidneys because it's National Kidney Month and we do have to take a break this morning. So we're going to go ahead and do that, but then we'll come back and chat more on Coffee Break. In today's always on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, we deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across Montana. Ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com security. Welcome back. This is Coffee Break, and I'm Troy Shockley. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Coffee Break is brought to you by Versant Real Estate Group. Finding the perfect buyer for your home doesn't have to be daunting. You can call David at Versant, 459-8565. And we continue with Dr. Doug Kunzweiler. He's, uh, well, he, he helps keep Mountain Pacific Quality Health running. That's what I'm going to tell everybody. He's the chief medical officer out there. And uh, love having him on the show. He's a fantastic resource for medical information and uh, just an all-around swell guy. And we're talking kidneys this morning because that's the focus of uh, of March. It's National Kidney Month. Hey, everything has a month, doesn't it? Like it, it does. <laughs> month, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. Why do the kidneys get a month? But they're they're important. They should get a month. Uh, we're talking chronic uh, kidney disease, or uh, we were leading up to that. What is chronic kidney disease? We were well, talking about all the symptoms that can lead to that. Yeah, the definition really is uh, damage to the kidneys that that's not reversible that's then it becomes chronic if you have uh three months of protein loss in the urine and evidence of damage to the kidneys and by definition we call that chronic kidney disease and it basically just means that damage that isn't going to repair or reverse itself and uh, so then you're you're losing those uh, or at least partially losing those abilities of filtration and right. regulation of the blood pressure and all that so i mean this this is potential this isn't just something that's um, well, I got to deal with it. I mean, very often it can be a fatal thing. It can be, yes. If it if it continues to progress and you don't get it treated, uh, it it can be fatal. Most of the time, we we catch people before that, and and then they go on dialysis. Is really the ultimate thing that happens, and and perhaps eventually they get a, a kidney transplant. But uh, very very serious. Okay. So how is that diagnosed then? I mean, is that noticing some of these signs and saying something's wrong, and then yeah, turning you, it over you, to the doctors. Yeah, you you get a history from them that's kind of symptoms that they've been having, and then you check the urine and and see if there's protein in the urine. Then you check blood tests. You look to see if some of these waste products are building up in the blood, and then usually some sort of imaging, either an ultrasound of the kidneys or sometimes a CT scan of the kidneys is done. And on occasion, if if that doesn't really show what what the source is then you have to do a biopsy of the kidney and that's usually done under ultrasound guidance using a, a long skinny needle mm -hmm. so it's not too bad a procedure but putting all these things together usually you can come up with the cause and then figure out what the treatment needs to be well yeah and that's the thing right it's trying to figure out the cause you know it's not working right but you got to figure there, there's many things that could make that happen right and you know if it's high blood pressure obviously you have to go on medication and control that if it's diabetes you know diet and medication to control that 
If your kidney disease has progressed, oftentimes you have to go on a special low-protein diet so that you, you don't overwork the kidneys. Yeah, so well, and then, and then treatment, I guess, is very dependent on what that biopsy or various other things, whatever's causing it, that's going to determine treatment. Right, right, and how far it has progressed. And is there, I mean, is there a cure for this? Or, I mean, is this just something that you have to manage more or less? No, not, not so much a cure. It's more in the line of management. And, okay. Uh, especially trying to manage the underlying cause, for instance, high blood pressure, diabetes. Right. Dr. Doug Koonsweiler is our guest on Coffee Break this morning. He's Mountain Pacific Quality House Health's chief medical officer. And um, if you, you mentioned dialysis, can you explain? I, I, we've all heard it. I think we know in general. But can you explain that that process and what that is? Yeah, there's there's two main types of dialysis. There's hemodialysis, where uh, you are connected to a machine through large IVs. And your blood runs through the machine, and it sort of mechanically does what your kidneys do. It, it filters out the waste products and returns everything you need back to you. So that's one form. The other form is called peritoneal dialysis. And in peritoneal dialysis, fluid is uh, put into your abdominal cavity, and the lining of your abdominal cavity has the ability to do this same sort of mm. filtering. So fluid is put in, and then it's drawn back off. Okay. Those are the two main types of dialysis. And that very often is not a a one-shot deal in many situations, right? Like that that's a, a continual thing you've got to yeah, have done? Yeah, that, that becomes your lifestyle. It disrupts your life. You have to be dialyzed one way or another, typically two to three times a week. And it's a time-consuming process, so it has a big impact on your life. Yeah, so you don't want it to get that far. Why? No, no, you don't. Yeah. Well, and then, I mean, I, I guess past that, I don't know if it's it's one step past or worse or what, but, you know, the potential for a transplant too, right? Yeah, and the transplant is is taking a cadaver kidney that somebody – or a kidney that somebody has donated uh, and implanting that into your body. And then that allows you to return to a much more normal lifestyle. Uh, but then you also have to be on medicines that suppress your body's immune system. Uh, so that you don't reject uh, the, the the kidney that was donated, and uh, that that leaves you prone to a whole lot of other uh, bad things that can happen. So yeah. Either way, it's pretty serious. Uh, yeah. Well, and uh, we said we were going to talk about something other than COVID, but I guess we should loop it in because it certainly has. I mean, it certainly plays a role. Um, it does. A, a lot of people that have kidney issues certainly are. are I imagine many of them waiting to get the vaccine because they're just not sure how that's going to play with if it's, you know, if they got a transplant or if they're on dialysis or whatever yeah. it is. If they have chronic kidney disease, they should be fairly high on the list to get it because we know uh, that people with kidney disease are more susceptible to COVID. And the other thing we've learned is that if you are on dialysis and you catch COVID, your mortality rate is about 30%. I mean, it's high. Hmm. So, why is that? Do we do we know? Well, not not for certain. It, it seems that uh, COVID likes the kidneys. It likes to attack the kidneys. We're not sure if it's a direct effect of the virus itself or the body's response to the virus. Some of the inflammatory uh, process that goes on. Uh, if if the virus is in the kidney, it may be our own inflammatory process that actually damages the kidney. Uh, but in, in any case, it's, it's quite serious if you have COVID 
and you have chronic kidney disease. Okay. So uh, if you've got any kind of kidney disease, you need to be signing up right. for that you vaccine. You should be trying to find the virus or the vaccine. I mean, find the vaccine and, and take it. And that vaccine doesn't have, as far as we know, any uh, – it, it doesn't do anything to folks that have – compromised immune systems or, or kidney disease or no. you know whether a heart disease whatever it is no. because i think people are concerned that you know if, if they've already got health issues they don't want to exacerbate anything yeah and there's been a lot of misinformation about the vaccine but it's it's very safe and if you have some chronic condition it's important that you get the vaccine because the virus is going to make it worse I guarantee yeah you if you catch it so uh, the vaccine is safe. It, it works. Uh, all three of the ones that are available now are quite effective, and they're, they've all been proven to be safe, and, and you, you certainly should get it. Yeah. Dr. Doug Kunzweiler with us on Coffee Break this morning. We've got uh, right at four minutes left with the good doctor. And, I mean, it is National Kidney Month, so uh, we've talked about all the bad stuff. You know, and, uh, you know, the things that can happen. <laughs> how do we keep the bad stuff at bay? How, how, you know, what, how can we treat our kidneys right? Well, especially if you know that there's a family history of kidney disease or a family history of diabetes or high blood pressure, then you should see a provider, see your primary care provider, get your blood pressure checked and keep an eye on that. If you are found to be diabetic, you know, listen to your doctor, follow your diet, take your medication, get your blood sugar under control. If uh, your weight is a problem, you know, work on that. Try and get your, your, your weight under control. Uh, if it turns out that you need medication, make sure that you take that as prescribed and that, that you don't, you know, let it lapse and just stop taking it. We see that a lot. That, that's a bad idea. Try and eat a healthy diet, uh, high in fruits and vegetables, high in, uh, Lean meats like uh, fish, uh, low in processed foods. Try and get some exercise on a daily basis. And I usually recommend that people try and take a 20 to 30 minute walk at least five or six times a week. Uh, if you're a smoker or you use tobacco products, it's a good idea to, to stop that because those are hard on, mm -hmm. on every system in your body. And, and go see your your primary care provider and uh, get checked out and listen to their advice. Those are the main things. Yeah. I, I know a lot of times that, you, you know, you mentioned uh, those lean meats. The good news is venison is a lean meat. It is. All the wild game is, yeah. is quite good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even I, I've read uh, even, you know, when we talk about um, lean meats, grass fed beef is, uh, is, is a little more acceptable. So you can still have your steak if, sure. uh, if you're getting that good Montana grass fed beef. Exactly. And, I mean, we want to get that anyway, right? That's much better. Uh, Dr. Doug Kunzweiler with us on Coffee Break. We're talking uh, kidneys and kidney health. We've got about a minute and a half left with him. If uh, if, if people want more information about this, uh, where should they go? What's well, the best there, source? There is a National Kidney Foundation, and they have a website at kidney.org. And that's a great place to, to get some good, okay. solid information. And then the CDC site, Center for Disease Control website, uh, has you know volumes of information on on everything imaginable, and if you look up kidney disease on their site, you can get some good information from that. And also, again, see your primary care provider because they should be knowledgeable about this as well. Yeah, and so if you have any of the uh, sort of the, the the precursors or any warning signs or the family history, right? That's another thing. Talk with your doctor, and it, probably okay for you to say, "Hey, doc, I just want to make sure 
they'll run the test, you know. Oh, absolutely. I, I these would are imagine. simple tests, and as far as testing goes, these are simple, cheap tests and uh, may save your life. So, Yeah, so uh, take care of those kidneys. we got to make sure that, uh, I mean, as we talked about, I mean, they're, they're helping regulate their your blood pressure they're cleaning stuff out of your sip your, your system they do so much for us we need to do a little bit for them treat those kidneys well yes one of my favorite organs <laughs> i don't like to eat them but uh I'm glad <laughs> i don't either them. i'm glad i've got them yeah dr doug kunzweiler with us on coffee break he is the chief medical officer out there at mountain pacific quality health and i sure appreciate him coming out and spending some time with us and uh, appreciate also governor greg jim forte spending some time with us this morning and as uh, both the doctor and the governor said get that vaccine uh when you can when you're up on the list on the tier it's safe and it's effective that's all the time that we have on coffee break this morning we'll see you back around here on monday i'm troy shockley and that's it for coffee break today be sure to check us out on itunes head on over give us a review there that's always much appreciated or swing by coffee break 959.podbean.com thanks for tuning in we'll see you back here tomorrow